0: Welcome to the Gridiron Show in association with Sports Travel Tours and it's Draft Week! Cannot wait, got so much great content over the next few days we do an entire mock of the first round, we look at the draft needs for every team Simon Clancy goes on a rant about all the players he likes, genuinely I don't think he took a breath for 12 whole minutes and we're going to talk some quarterback news because we kind of have to welcome and hello to the gridiron show in association with sports travel tours sports travel for sports fans by sports fans thank you for the phenomenal reaction to the tour so far the people who have been getting in touch a lot of tickets already booked up i mean a lot in relative terms but quite a few people have already booked so i'm dead excited really looking forward to it you can get all the information at sportstraveltours.com
1: or go to our twitter at gridiron very quickly will what uh what part of the tour you looking forward to most
0: i am looking forward to i can't pick a bit well i've asked you to pick a bit. i think mexico probably number one because it's going to another country it's first time the azteca is an incredible stadium never held nfl there before lots of reasons to be very excited about that one uh yeah and the game itself looks great but genuinely the whole thing looks amazing and seeing the people who are already booked up and coming on board it should be a riotous time dallas me yeah, Dallas is going to be incredible, the stockyards, at Thanksgiving, we're going to have our tailgate party, we're going to do the tour, two college games. Yeah. Deep fried turkey. I The deep fried turkey thing, so I spoke to Andrew about this for about 10 minutes, he's like, yeah, they just serve normal turkey, our tailgate party, I went, no, if it's not deep fried turkey, then I am leaving the tailgate party, I'm going into the car park by myself, and I am going to go and find myself some deep fried turkey. You won't be by yourself. All. What's really exciting is, so we announced on the show earlier this week that we're doing the Gridiron Tour... We're doing the Gridiron Tour XL, where you can buy into the extra game on the Monday night for the Eagles-Packers game. And we're also going to be doing the Gridiron Tour. I haven't come up with clever names for these yet. The Gridiron Tour Mini, which is not what it's definitely going to be called. So, light the Grand tour light so you can join us and we'll be announcing more information about these packages over the, the next diet few days tour. yeah well, no let's not say that whoa, 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 there'll okay. be nobody dieting on these tours mate the um the gridiron tour light which will involve we'll announce these in full later this week if you've looked at the pricing and gone i can't afford that and i understand it's not a small chunk of change but as we were saying the other day it's such amazing value for money that even if you do it as a once in a lifetime trip it's going to be really worthwhile but we're going to split the tour in two So if you want to join us for just LA, the phenomenal, the tour of the Coliseum, the LA Rams against the Dolphins, UCLA against USC, which is one of the biggest rivalries in college football at the Rose Bowl. I can't wait for that. So you're going to get to the iconic
1: Rose Bowl where Diana Ross missed that penalty.
0: (laughs) 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 Amazing. And and then the night after going to a game at the Coliseum where, you know, Super Bowl One was held. So we're going to go to both those iconic stadiums and then come to Mexico and then fly home directly from there to do a half a. Mexico. You can do that, or you can join us in Dallas from Thanksgiving onwards or the went the day before thanksgiving onwards and just do dallas and new york or dallas new york and philly and we're going to do another smaller version of the tour like that so if you couldn't afford the full thing we are going to do light versions so you can still get out there still join us for parts of it it's definitely gonna be well worth it oh yeah run. can't wait come uh wait. but it's draft week, draft week! Uh, should we record like basically i was i got on the line with simon clancy and matt sherry earlier today for two and a half hours
1: whilst i was working it was it was actually torture because all i had to do was look up over uh, past my pr- uh, producer and there's a little box which shows you where all of the isdn lines are connected <laughs> and i looked over and this little red light was on line 10 and i knew that was my buddies without me oh mate that's horrible
0: i know but for two and a half hours we spoke we went through the whole first round matt sherry's done a mock draft
1: we did the whole first round we went through every pick picked it apart looked whoa, whoa, at leads does he know about my san diego chargers Chargers stuff.
0: don't worry we will make sure that you make the san diego Chargers pick in just a moment okay, fine. uh it's so it's different to the one that's going to be in the in the version we do with those guys so i don't know we can split it into we can do two longer podcasts that jared like goff gonna be like an hour and a half to two hours for one of them and the other one's gonna be about an hour and 15 or do we release three one hour podcasts over the next three days three Okay. Three, so there's going to be three podcasts over the next three days, splitting up the mock draft into little mini sections, plus with some me and Ollie waffle, probably only on the beginning of this one. We don't want to have to record lots of different bits.
1: Do you remember potato waffles? I'll do ins and outs for the other ones. Birdseye potato waffles, they're waffly versatile. Birdseye ones were the worst. Same three's own brand potato waffles, the best. they nice like, they were like hash browns in a potato waffle rather than the sort of tater tot style birdseye potato waffles.
0: You ready to have your mind blown?
1: Yeah i don't like cash browns ah get out oh he's just left the
0: studio no he's not left yet he's opening the door he's going out i think he's (laughs) if you could hear that voice very quietly in the background that was the voice of nat coombs getting ready for the all-american sports show through in the other room so uh he's back hooray uh if nat comes in you should get him to come in and say hello to the guys on the pod uh i don't think Nat's here yet uh oh i thought i could hear him in the background then. Barb Coombs, uh, for the All-American Sports Show.
1: You don't like hash browns?
0: Yeah, no, I don't like hash that's browns. Insane. Is that's insane. It's the texture.
1: That's... Too that...
0: fatty, too bitty. Yeah,
1: but that's the whole point. It's just not for me. <laughs> too just, fatty
0: just not for me yeah all right mate <laughs> calm calm your storm but what about <laughs> hash browns in a burger is great right are we gonna do some news sorry yeah let's do some news. let's talk nfl action uh there's there's some random little bits of news came out this week brandon carr has accepted a pay cut to stay with the cowboys uh he better have taken a pay cut to stay with the cowboys because he is not good enough to be playing corner in the nfl uh and Okay, so there's two bits of quarterback news and this and draft stuff as well. Should we do the quarterback stuff first?
1: Yeah, let's do that first. Get it out of the way. So let's start off with Sam
0: Bradford. Sam Bradford, you are a joke. He has now turned around to Philadelphia, who have traded up for the number two overall pick, clearly to take a quarterback, and gone, I want to trade. Right, he's already got $11 million guaranteed this season. Signing bonus, that's in his pocket. That's in his bank account. If he gets cut today, he gets that money. Wow right? He has then decided that rather than stay and fight for his place, having been, let's be honest, as a number one overall pick, because he was in before the old CBA, massively overpaid for what he's done, and never really performing to the level that he needed to, he's decided that rather than staying and fighting and proving myself as a number one quarterback, particularly considering that what the Eagles wanted to do was start him, bring in a prospect Mm -hmm. and potentially have them take over from him, fight for your place and earn that trade next offseason. Don't suddenly throw a drop and go no i don't want to be here if i'm not going to be the superstar i don't want to be here i hate it i'm I'm genuinely furious with sam bradford where are your cojones bradford where are they just going to mexico mate doesn't mean you can start throwing around words like cojones
1: well i can say that and i have said it he needs to buck his ideas up because that's a disgrace have you have you
0: listened just out of interest to the last podcast that we did no I didn't think you might have done uh, Have you slagged cause me off Because it was like again. yesterday Not properly slagged you off But Andrew Hill did reveal to us That during our Mexico section of the trip We are getting a Mexican tour guide For the entire time we're there So we've got someone that speaks Spanish And I said That's going to be really useful Because otherwise we're going to have to deal with Ollie Pretending he speaks Spanish for two days I don't I can't speak Spanish <laughs> I would be speaking Portuguese <laughs> But you're going to be correcting everyone's pronunciation anyway
1: Oh
0: yeah of course <laughs> uh yeah which i thought was quite funny but anyway sam bradford you're a joke that's all i really wanted to say yeah carry on uh i hope he's out of the league in two years time if not now
1: wow that that escalated (laughs) quick the the other the other (laughs) bit uh,
0: the other bit of news go on do we have to talk
1: about it i mean i guess we kind of have to yeah I mean, should we illustrate it with right. a piece of audience?
0: Yeah, let me let me explain to you why this piece of news why this piece of news does not matter. If there are for two reasons, the first one is at the Cardinals, home to the Dolphins, home to the Texans, home to the Bills.
1: Oh, we're not talking about the Johnny Manziel news. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Good. Thank you.
0: You could start with literally a paper mache figure under center and win two if not three of those games, right? secondly if this man has aligned himself with you you deserve to be banned for an entire season not just four games well i want to thank you first of all let's start by saying leave tom brady alone leave him alone leave him alone he's a great guy it's enough it's enough off trump if he says he's a great guy then you need to put some serious consideration into whether or not. I mean, you should never want that man in your corner. And I'm sick of this. And the fact is, he's, he's, there is still one more route of appeal for this. Uh, there's still a good chance he's going to appear. Just by the way, if you've been living under a rock, Tom Brady has been resuspended for the next four games. The Court of Appeal overturned it. I didn't want to have to go, even go into that much detail.
1: Have you seen that uh, uh, Roger Goodell has done a, an interview with uh, Bloomberg TV? Right. And he's very happy. That uh, this was overturned and he thinks that it's uh that the person that's running uh discipline uh, in the nfl needs to be someone f- with a football background uh, and not be someone that's not from a football background basically uh, in other words he should be the one that should be deciding all of this he's got his way Mou-ha-ha-ha. there is
0: still a way to fight the decision one last time they're probably going to do it it's boring i'm annoyed with it just take the lumps Take the four games, know that the Patriots will probably still go on a Super Bowl run, and let's all move on with our lives. Fine. Great. Uh, It's lying season. It's the NFL Draft Week. The number of news stories this week... (laughs) I I wish I had the wind (laughs) (laughs) effect. The number of... You could have just done it with your mouth. The number of stories around this week which are utter nonsense, uh, that are bluster and rubbish and just mean nothing and if we talk about them now if we look back on this in six months time will be worth zero i've got a it is proposal. insurmountable
1: you throw a few of them at me and i'll either say bluster rubbish or ooh,
0: spielman rick spielman that is gm of the minnesota vikings the vikings are not honed in on a receiver with the number 23 pick rubbish excellent Chargers considering taking Ronnie Stanley at number three. There's this story suddenly that Laramie Tunsell is dropping down draft boards uh, randomly in the final week, and that Ronnie Stanley's moving above him. That is rubbish. The New Orleans Saints might trade up to take Paxton Lynch. Ah, oh, bluster. That's bluster. What they want is for the Bills or the Jets or one of those teams to go, we're going to have to move up to 12. We're going to we're gonna have to offer the Saints a load of stuff to move up there to get the, the third quarterback who shouldn't be being taken to like, pick 28, 29 or something like that.
1: Exactly. That's, it's bluster. I like this gauge. This is interesting. I like it.
0: What H- else hit, is me, there? hit
1: me with another one. Have you disagree I, with I, I saw that,
0: up to five quarterbacks could be taken in the first round. That was one I saw today.
1: Uh, I mean, that's a combination of rubbish and bluster blustish <laughs> rubster <laughs> that was what your I nickname mean, in school wasn't it buddy <laughs> no that was uh russell hargreaves nickname um i would say uh, yeah I, 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 it's more bluster more
0: and more news is coming up about the idea that ezekiel elliott might go to uh the cowboys
1: um i think they need more things on defense so i think that's bluster
0: desperate for pass rush
1: absolutely desperate i think bosa or jack or someone like that is is nailed on if they, if or they even jalen
0: ramsey Jaylen, you need help in the backfield well,
1: well i mean i don't uh, i don't want to give anything away but i don't think jalen ramsey will be dropping all right far.
0: well let's let's do this let's get into this so we're about to go through matt sherry's mock draft but let's be honest no one cares who he picks with the Chargers at number three i know who i would take if i was the Chargers at number three but it doesn't matter what i think do you know what? It doesn't even matter what the likes of Tom Telesco thinks. It really doesn't matter what anyone in the city of San Diego thinks. There's only one man that it matters for. And that is Ollie Hunter. If you've only started listening to the podcast this year, you won't be aware of Ollie Hunter's phenomenal history with the San Diego Chargers drafting. Ollie, since we started doing mock drafts three years ago, four years ago. This is the fourth year. Yes, there we go, so four years ago. Three years ago. I can't do maths anymore. Diego, <laughs> anyway. Turn the music up.
2: San Diego, San Diego,
1: so yeah, I've picked uh, four draft picks in a row. Four
0: straight picks in a row. Back in... Uh, was it 2013 is when
1: we did the first one? Yeah, 2013, I believe it was DJ Fluka and Mantai Tao. Yeah, you picked both their first and second round picks correctly. Yeah, it's next, was it Jason Verrett? Jason Verrett in 2014, who's worked out to be a great pick. Yeah, that was kind of, it wasn't that deep in the draft. I remember Fluka was about 11. Verrett was, uh, I think, maybe 17 or 18. 25, Verrett. 25, see? Look Mate, at that. Uh,
0: the, the deeper you get, the more impressive it is. Yeah,
1: um... <laughs> 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 that's what she said!
0: Can you clip stuff for Clips of the Week, even though it didn't go out on Talk sport? <laughs> that,
1: that's horrendous. Um, Send
0: that to Clips of the Week and be like, Will Gavin said this on the All-American Sports Show draft special.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're a disgrace. Uh, and then last year melvin gordon where they traded up for just Melbourne. they traded up just to
0: make sure that you were right exactly so, so they moved up to 15 to pick that one up
1: now have have we heard what well we know that uh, the two quarterbacks are going to go the first two rounds right so yeah we know that likely goff then went but it will certainly be the two quarterbacks off the top of the board i think you'll find that i predicted goff would go to the rams
0: yeah it's still the wrong decision but anyway and Simon Clancy will explain to you in about three minutes' time exactly why that is a, absolutely the wrong he's decision. He's a pretty
1: guy. That's why they want him. <laughs> he is a good-looking bloke. That's why they want him. It's it, the face of the franchise. <laughs> that, it, it's as simple Jared as Hollywood guy. That's exactly right. Um, so, I believe Matthew Sherry didn't pick this person, but I would pick Jalen Ramsey. Now they've lost Eric Weddle. Uh, they are extremely thin, Oh, yeah, he is a wonderful-looking man. Uh, <laughs> thanks for showing me that, Will. Um, they're extremely thin in the secondary. Jalen Ramsey's arguably, along with Miles Jack, probably, but the best player in this current draft.
0: Uh, for me, Miles Jack is the number one overall prospect.
1: Yeah, yeah, I can see that.
0: And Jalen Ramsey is number two. And I don't think they need as, as much help in the linebacking core. They've got their pick of all the defensive players. The guy that they want is jalen ramsey that's what i think but it's not who i'd pick if i was the chargers i would take the offensive line help you've got an aging philip rivers you've got a last chance to get something out of that offense you've got a running back who you spent high on last year who could develop and be good i just think you need to protect
1: you do need to protect oh look it's bob coombs hey bob coombs coming in jump on This is, uh, this is like, it's like Jerry Rice interrupting our podcast in... <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> who's, who's the bigger name, <laughs> Nat Coombs or Jerry Rice? <laughs> <laughs> this is incredible. How are you, Nat? I'm very good. Hi, fellas. Uh, to we- actually talk into a microphone, because otherwise people won't hear you. Yeah. Hi, Will. Hey, Nat, how are hey, well. you? have i crashed your pod oh totally but that's I'm, fine i'm very no, we're sorry we're gonna
1: be done in a minute
0: because i know we right. have to do yeah, pod, yeah no li- li- literally we know. recorded show, show prep, that's when hours on the show. draft earlier and this is just our little topping and tailing and making sure we'd, we'd you know get all the furniture in place now come on you know all the, stuff. All the, yeah, oh, all the, the important stuff, stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's all going in with the swearing and everything. <laughs> oh, good. Where were we? I love Nat Coombs. I love Nat Coombs. We should get him to come in and co-host one day. And his brother, Bob. <laughs> um, but yes, like Bob. it doesn't matter what I think, because the San Diego Chargers are going to take, with the number three overall pick... Jalen Ramsey. One question. Tell me if, what you think about me. No. If they trade down... Like, I want this streak to continue desperately. Yep. If they announce a draft day trade, here's the deal. Okay. If you... Ah, no, because we're going to be in the cinema. (laughs) It's wonderful planning this. (laughs) If you tweet out who the Chargers are going to pick before they're on the clock, I think it has to be as soon as they make the trade, really. Okay. Then... We're going to have to just go out of the cinema at about five minutes past one and check. Uh, then you, then the, the street can still stand. Okay, fine. If you get it right, obviously. Yeah, 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 of course. Fine, right. Let's, I should have given up. I should have just quit. Let's get over there and let's do picks one to ten today. Yes. With um, Matt Sherry and Simon Clancy. And then we'll have uh, some more chat afterwards, I guess. Uh, So we are just two days away from the 2016 NFL Draft. Uh, Basically, the second biggest day of the NFL season after Super Bowl Sunday. Absolutely cannot wait. And not only do we have Matthew Sherry joining us on the line, the editor of Gridiron. Matthew, say hello. Hello. But we have a real genuine treat, because it's a man who avoids us seemingly like the plague. Except you
3: don't invite me on.
0: (laughs) Simon, you could literally come on every we single communi- show. We literally—I
2: I don't reckon there's a day that goes by where where we we don't talk in one format or another, and yet nary is there an invite onto your little podcast to say come and join us wow literally it's like i've been edited out of existence
0: you would be welcome on the show anytime yeah
2: you say that now to the (laughs) listeners behind your back it's like don't get on again
0: around about champions league time last year when you just kept being so insanely busy at work i just gave up trying
2: absolutely Mm. disgraceful
0: it was it was a devastating thing to happen but all right if that's the way you feel Let's Sha- get, let's go for it.
2: Shambles. I can't do this week. I've got to go.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so Simon Clancy joining us as well. Uh, if you've not picked up the Gridiron Draft Edition, genuinely, uh, well, I remember speaking to Sherry as it went off to print, and he went, seriously this is the best thing we've ever done uh and then i read it and actually this is the best thing i think gridiron have ever done it's really really top stuff so there's still time to get that at least in the digital version before the draft launches but what we're going to do now is if you've not been going to gridiron-magazine.com and checking out the where draft... have you
2: been frankly yeah,
0: where have you been checking out the draft updates on there we're going to be putting loads of Loads of content up there over the next couple of days. And one of the things is going to be Matthew Sherry's first round mock draft.
3: Yeah, it will be going up. It might be the last ever mock draft that I do. It took me about 16 hours. And I'd pencilled in a three-hour day, three hours in my day for it. So, yeah, it's uh, a lot of work's gone into it. A lot of trades, a lot of trade value chart looking. So, yeah, we'll, it'll all obviously be wrong and be wasted. He's like
2: a northern Jimmy Johnson. <laughs>
0: Uh, and, and I only noticed. I notice there's only 31 picks. I thought you might have slyly just given us a cheeky 32nd as well, but no.
3: Uh, no, I can not have played making a Patriots pick, but it would have it would have hurt too much.
0: <laughs> so what we're going to do? We're going to go through this mock draft. But we're going to talk about each team, what their needs are. Simon Clancy's going to tell us why we're entirely wrong about who we think they should pick, and it should be some small school guy from <laughs> you know Southern Carolina State who deserves a first round grade even though he only played eight snaps in college or something uh come on that's, <laughs> that's how it normally works isn't it usually uh so and let's kick off at the top and obviously the top end well, the reason it's great we've waited Javon the Hargrave draft, is, is the South Carolina
2: draft. State guy this year who should be in the first round just for the record
0: that's why I picked South Carolina State because I love his story and he's someone whom we might talk about a little bit later but uh, the huge trade the reason it's good we're doing the mock draft now the huge trades at the very top of the first round mean we are expecting a quarterback to go one and two the Los Angeles Rams are now picking at number one uh, other than quarterback they still need a wide receiver probably some help at at centre and along the interior of that offensive line. Uh, defensive back, particularly after uh, they lost players in free agency this year. But I think it's no surprise to say, Matt Sherry, that I imagine that you've taken a quarterback of that
3: position. Uh, no, I've actually taken Ezekiel Elliott.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the Todd Gurley-Ezekiel Elliott one-two punch was just too much to give up.
3: It was. Uh, no, I've I've obviously taken Jared Goff, and I'll be interested in to know Simon thoughts because certainly when we... When we did the draft issue, he, he had Goff rated really low, maybe in the 30s. 30, so.
2: 31, I think. So 30, 31.
3: Yeah, I had 31 in mind, so it'll be interesting to see, well, interesting to hear your thoughts now on whether you've watched any more tape and you, you think he should be up or whether you, you do think he's been massively overdrafted.
0: Well, look, let's, here's here's what we'll do, because we know that it's going to be a quarterback to 2 The Eagles have also moved up. We know that they need... Uh, offensive line help they probably need a pass rusher they probably need a a starting running back but they've moved up it looks like they're going to take quarterback as well and from what we understand it's going to be goff one Wentz two. that very much could change vanilla or chocolate who knows which way it's going to go so let's just use this as an opportunity to talk about those two quarterbacks the fit at those two locations and who you two like more of those
2: well i prefer i prefer wentz but he, he comes with he comes with issues and we kind of know what the issues are in that he takes a lot of risks he comes from a small school program he was injured at, you know he had a broken wrist last season he missed seven or eight games so the the sample size isn't particularly large you know the players that he's gone up against in terms of the cornerback talent you know this is not these are not SEC corners he's gone you know he's not played against the Vernon Hargreaves and the Carl Fullers and the Kivari Russells and uh, and these kind of players. He has not played against that elite-level talent. He has not played against a Jalen Ramsey. He has not played against a Patrick Peterson. They would be the concerns about about Wentz. But I know that, you know, from from scout chatter, is that every team that's had him on the board thinks he's a borderline genius. He scored 40 in the wonderlick which you, you take either way. But there's a reason that teams invest multi-million pounds in the draft and do this test. You know, he is off the charts... I know that Andy Benoit of Monday Morning Quarterback, uh, and I kind of know Kaelin Kaler and and Robert Klenko a little bit from there, and they were saying that Benoit came away and having spoken to a number of people thought that he was more NFL ready in terms of his understanding of the systems than andrew luck was which is is some statement but you i know,
0: i and just to preface that i got to chat to andy benoit in at the super bowl this year because i yeah. love the mmqb podcast yeah, me too. particularly his content on it and chatting to him at the super bowl this year that guy knows a ludicrous amount about yeah. football so if he's saying that then i i, I back that as a, you know, as an opinion to me
2: he gets away with things in that kind of missouri valley league that you're not going to get away with in the SEC. You're not going to get away with in the, in those big conferences, and you're not going to get away with in the NFL. You know, I watched um, I watched him play uh, a game last week because there's a cornerback called DeAndre. Um, I can't even think of his second name now because it's just completely gone. It's been one of those days. Um, and I was watching the cornerback, and there were times when Wentz made throws. You just thought, I, I have no clue why he made that throw. But what I like about him is that he bounce. He has this kind of bounce back ability in that. He has no memory. So to be a good cornerback in the NFL, you have no memory. Because if you get beat, you can't spend the next five plays worrying about the fact that he just got burned for 60 yards. You literally have to turn around and, you know, memory arrays. Uh, and that's what he does. He will throw a, an ill-advised pass into a tight window, but it will not affect him. He will not be checking down. He will not. So I, I like the courage that he shows.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I, I would prefer Wentz simply because uh, of the factors you're talking about. I mean, he's, he's never, he is ludicrously intelligent. He's never not had an A in any test ever. That yeah. is insanity. And uh, the short memory things is, is really underrated. I, I always think Eli Manning, that is why Eli Manning's won two Super Bowls, because he gets in that zone yeah. and he doesn't care. And it's rare to have that. See, quarterbacks who beat themselves up a lot. I mean, I, to be honest, my, my main issue with, with both guys is neither of them are, are as good as the two quarterbacks from last year. No, they're opinion. not. And, and I've heard a lot of people say that they are. I don't think that they are. I don't think that the the that I'm amazed that they're, they're going to go one and two, really. Yeah. I, I know it happens, and I think they've been overhyped in comparison to last yeah. year's quarterbacks. And I think there's a lot to like with both, but I've, I felt a lot surer in both guys last year being successful in the NFL than I do these two guys, and I mean, the sample size isn't just small with Wentz. It is ludicrously it's small. It's tiny.
2: It's tiny. At,
3: at a, a, a low level. And, and I look at it when the Patriots drafted Jimmy Garoppolo in the second round a couple of years ago and just wonder where he might have gone in, in this draft because it seems that having gone through those years where E.G. Emanuel was the only first round guy, that GMs were, were learning that y- you can't just draft guys in the first round because the quarterbacks. Now, I think we're now moving back the other way and I think Paxton Lynch will go in round one I think Connor Cook will slip into round one and I wouldn't be surprised most ridiculously of all if Christian Hackenberg was drafted in round one You say that about
2: Hackenberg though and go back to that first year at Penn State uh, uh, and he looked like a kid that was going to be a first overall pick Now I know he had had bad seasons subsequent to that but systematically I think if you get Hackenberg in the right system because he has he is a premier quarterback talent that could be as talented as any of them he's got the arm he's got the body he's uh, a competitor but in terms of the production yeah under james franklin it just didn't uh, he had some issues with franklin he had some you know i just, there were some issues i just think that there's something there that's worth salvaging. Yeah, and I think, I, I think interestingly, system. as
0: well with Hackenberg, is that I think there is football intelligence there. He Absolutely, comes, he comes from yeah. a football lineage. He clearly does understand the game, and and you yeah, know he's had a football in his hand since he was uh, four months old or something. But he uh, literally did seem to lack emotional intelligence when yeah. things did fall around apart around him, and he. He had the loyalty to stay with Penn State when he easily could have opted absolutely. out that, after all gonna, the Sandusky I was going to make that point.
2: Don't forget, he was the face of a, of a school the first season post all that, that happened with Sandusky and Paterno. That was the guy. And uh, with everything that was happening around that school, he put in that first season where people were saying, whoa, OK, here's an absolutely stone-cold first and, overall And team. And he
3: was, a, he was a non-redshirt. He was, he was a true freshman as absolutely. well, wasn't he? Which, Which ultimately is the one thing that does annoy me a little bit about the analysis of of Hackenberg, because, I I mean, it's right to point out that ultimately he wasn't one of the best quarterbacks in the nation that year by any stretch. He was a true freshman who was exceptional for the level of a true freshman who usually don't even see the field. The problem is that the next two years were, were just didn't ever improve on that level and you wanted them to but i do agree with you i mean it would have been great to see what would have happened with bill o'brien there for another Absolutely. two years I mean,
2: people say oh where's the production where's the production look this is a junior who started 38 40 games yeah. i think he won 21 22 games you, people don't necessarily say the same thing about about golf where's the production where's it well this is a kid that essentially compiled a 14 and 23 record at cal 37 starts 40 so you talk about the production with Hackenberg. Now, I'm not saying that Hackenberg is Goff and vice versa. I think that says more about the faith that people are putting in Jared Goff than it does about Christian so, Hackenberg. So
0: let me ask you that, Simon, because uh, we, we're getting deep on these quarterbacks and so we've got another 29 picks mm, to get to. Of but, but what surprises me the most, and everything you said about Wentz there, is, is what I've heard and what I've seen. Uh, I would agree with you, which is why I'm really surprised that, other than the California link... For me, with the Rams, he seems to fit their system. And the fact they're going to be run first, they've got that big, powerful offensive line, yeah. bruisers up front. I think it feels more like he's the guy who would sit behind there and be more suited to their scheme. But they seem pretty determined to go Goff, unless
2: it's all bluster. Well, well, golf, Goff is accurate, you know. But they don't don't forget. There's a lot of false production in that offense. It's a, it's a dink and dunk offense. That Cal offense, you know. There's uh, and he's very accurate in that sense so actually that fits what they have and you look at the the perimeter talent in terms of wide receivers what what do they have they have that dink and dunk you know they obviously have the superstar running back in in todd Gurley. but you know their number one receiver is um the the kid that was at tennessee who's got all the off-field problems whose name completely escapes me again um they have the kid that they drafted moved up to draft for six. The the little fellow. Tavon Austin. Tavon Austin. It's Lincoln, Sorry, <laughs> it's just. I'm enjoying. It's Hillsbr- I, I'm <laughs> sorry, it's Hillsborough day today. My mind Kenny, is all over the place. Kenny, um, Kenny
3: Britt's the other yeah, guy. Yeah, that's yeah.
2: exactly. So you got Kenny Britt, and you got you got Tavon Austin. You know, who knows what's going to happen with with that receiver core, and but they're obviously going to have to invest in that. But when you have when that I mean, is that's, what I'm feeling
0: bad for Brian Quick right now. I'm not going to lie. <laughs>
2: yeah, but you know, Mrs. <laughs> Brian Quick's mum feels bad for Brian Quick, but you know, but so. I don't think he has. You know, he's very accurate. He has great feet. He has good presence in the pocket. But actually, he gets rattled by pressure. I think everything has to be perfect for Jared Goff to be a success. Do you know what I mean? Everything has to be in place. I don't think his arm is great. I, I don't know. Uh, to me, that's a. I don't know. Let's. Oh, my, let's, let's but let's, quarterbacks are everything. You have to have a quarterback, and you know, sometimes you you, you know you have to praise that. We've we've talked about the decision. We've
0: talked about the decision to move up on the show already a number of times. Yeah. And for me, the big thing this year is what the Rams paid to get from fifteen to one. If you wanted to do that to get from fifteen to one in the year where the top two were Mariota uh, and, and Winston, or the year when it was Luck and RG three, I think you're paying three times what the Rams paid. Yeah, this year. at least
3: at least you've four first round picks. Yeah, you so, know, pa-
2: right. I think an what interesting argument is pound for pound, are Goth Wentz. Lynch and let's say Connor Cook better long term in five years time than say Jacoby Brissett Kevin Hogan Christian Hackenberg and Cardell Jones I don't know that you could say for definitively that the first four are going to be better than the second four in terms of whether or not they'll have had it you know I'm not saying that any of those last four are going to turn out to be anything special but there could be a Ryan Fitzpatrick in there there could be a Tyrod Taylor in there and there might not be a Cam Newton or a Eli Manning or a Tom Brady in those first four. and I think I, that's I love, quite an interesting.
3: I, I love Vernon Adams as well. He doesn't yes. mention, but yes. I, I really like him. But yeah. the, the, the final thing I'd say on this with the, the Rams, what I think's happened, is I think they're exactly the same as us. the can't really decide between Wentz and Goff. Wentz is a better scheme fit, I think, but ultimately like us the sample size with Wentz is so small that you can't guarantee that you're going to be able to play him immediately they want a a quarterback that they can play this year that is going to be better than Case Keenum, And, and I think they think that Goff is that guy so I think it's a very short term look because they know if that doesn't work out, they're not going to be in jobs next year.
2: Absolutely. DeAndre right. Hall was that cornerback
3: uh, for Northern Iowa that I watched earlier on. <laughs> Good stuff.
0: Right, let's let's move on and start working our way down. And let's not get too deep on positions when we're talking about these next few teams because we will be talking about the other players at those positions coming up quite shortly. Uh, with the San Diego Chargers, I love this pick, Matt. You've gone ahead and taken Laramie Tunsell. He was seen as the number one overall in the draft for a very long time. Uh, in terms of, I mean, I'm not going to pretend like I'm a guy who can rate offensive linemen particularly highly, but for what it does for the team, uh, helping a now ageing Philip Rivers to stay on his feet uh, Keenan Allen had a bit of a downturn I'd really like to see him get more opportunities last couple of seasons, if not the very last season, out of Antonio Gates as well protecting Rivers, even though I think they need some help on the defensive line, at safety as well with Eric Weddle, maybe Jalen Ramsey was a consideration, but keep Rivers on his feet, give them the premier left tackle, no problem with that whatsoever
3: yeah, I mean, ultimately I hate drafting Tackle Tyke or so many busts and, and I don't think for one minute that Laramie Tunsell is guaranteed to be Tyrone Smith. But And and I personally would probably draft Jalen Ramsey, but ultimately I think I've think i done the mock in terms of what I t- think teams will do and I think the decision will be made that Philip Rivers is, is in his mid to late 30s. Their only chance is to keep him upright, so you try and draft what you think is the best left tackle available? I personally love Jack Conklin as the mm. as the lineman who I would pick anywhere because I I love his production. We he, will he get to we'll get
0: to Conklin in a minute. I have thoughts on him <laughs> as well. We'll get to him in a minute.
3: Let's stick with this for now. <laughs> but yeah, Tunsil Tunsil is the pick here. I, I do think that's who the charge will take, and, and that's what I thought.
0: Now, I'm going to keep rolling, if that's alright with you, Simon, because I think there are more interesting picks to come. No worries. The next, There are two in these next few picks, uh, and in fact, I think the next four picks are huge to what the rest of the first round's going to look like in general. Starting off with the Cowboys, um I totally understand what Matt Sherry has done here, and it feels like a very Jerry Jones pick, with... The number four overall pick, you have taken Ezekiel Elliott, the running back.
3: I have. Now, yeah, I'm, I, I, the Cowboys are probably the only team I'd advocate taking a, a running back in the top ten. But I just think Ezekiel Elliott makes them so much better and is so useful to that team in this situation with Romo and trying to do what they did two years ago that it makes sense. And I also think he's one of the, the five safest guys in the draft. In I, think,
2: I think Matt makes a very interesting point in that I don't think any other team would take a back like that other than Dallas because it fits so perfectly with that offensive line with Romo with the receivers and because of everything that he brings I don't think he's a transcendent talent I don't think he's a generational talent he's not Todd Gurley it's not Adrian Peterson we're talking about he's good but he's not that good you know he doesn't have elite breakaway speed he is a very good running back but he is not he is not Todd Gurley he's not in the class Todd Gurley but you know he is a good running back he has great hands out of the backfield and you, you can stick him in on third downs. every single, uh, He will go into the NFL as probably one of the three or four best pass-protecting running backs in the NFL in his first year and in a passing league, that's what you need. Ultimately, it's going to come down to Jerry Jones's decision. I think there is a from what you read and what you hear there are two schools of thought within the Dallas camp. One is Jalen Ramsey versus Joey Boza. The other is Jerry Jones weighing up Joey Boza versus Ezekiel Elliott and it's Jones's ball club. Now you, you look at all the players that are missing on that defensive line, with with guys gone, with guys suspended. You know, Elliot. I mean, Boza would you know would certainly help that issue. But is he anything more than an eight to ten sack a, a season guy? I'm not sure that he is. He's not going to be somebody who's recording sixteen, eighteen, twenty sacks a season. I don't think because he doesn't strike me as that player. He's Justin Smith. He's not Cameron Wake in terms of those sorts of things. I think Ezekiel Elliott gives you a thousand snaps from from game one. I don't see any other team in the league picking a running back at four in a passing league except that it is such a great fit.
0: With that zone-blocking scheme, he's so exactly. big and powerful. Absolutely agree. And, and you mentioned Joey Bosa. I think that's the other potential interesting one to watch out for here because... I think you say about his production, and you think he's more Justin Smith, maybe, uh, but I don't see him as the 3 4 defensive end from what I've seen. No. I, don't, I don't think he fits that. And we'll talk about a guy at six who I think fits that much better and who I probably like more, even though they're different types of players. But uh, yeah. But what he-
2: you're doing is you're missing out here two of the, you're missing out arguably the two best players. You know, we, we'll have got to pick four without the two, arguably the two yeah. best players coming off the board. I and Jalen Ramsey, who can play free safety, a single high free safety like Earl Thomas, and can be an All-Pro player at that position. I don't think he's a great cornerback. I think he isn't. He will be a, a phenomenal free safety. Well, and at Miles five, Jack.
0: the uh, we, we'll get to them. We'll get to them. Don't you worry, sir.
3: <laughs> just just one more point on Dallas. <laughs> and I, know, I know we're running for time. I, I think if they can get back to that ball control offense. It keeps the defence off the field and then that and Rod Marinelli's so good at coaching up a defence that gets yeah. takeaways, which never happened last season. But I just think if that defence is on the field less, they can be a little bit more aggressive on defence and I think that might mask some of the deficiencies. And interestingly,
2: Boza and elliot they're not clean prospects off the field. I mean Boza is there are some issues with Boza. you know, he's a bit of a meathead off the field. Very intelligent guy. I think he's scored a thirty seven on the Wanderlick, you know. But he's not a particularly clean there are some other issues. Off the field. And Bozer and Elliot used to live together. They shared a flat together in um, in Columbus. And Bozer moved out because Elliot's partying was too much that Bozer couldn't concentrate on his schoolwork. So, you know, Elliot is not the clean... And yeah. There are some rumours about Ezekiel Elliot that are not particularly... Um, do not shine him in a very good light, let's just say. And uh, um, without going into any... Uh, without lightening <laughs> anybody. But, you know, the, these are... And there are lots of rumours in draft season, but these are long-standing and have not died down during this process so uh, the reason
0: i'm not just to say matt i don't mind about time my concern is that superstar simon clancy i've probably got an hour so we're all good yeah so you know we've got to make sure we get through as much as possible whilst he's on the line i've got an hour from now so with beautiful well with pick number five the Jacksonville Jaguars trade picks. They're 2016 first, their fourth and sixth rounders for the Tampa Bay's picks, their ninth overall this year, and their second rounder this year as well. I love that you've added trades into this because I just hate mocks that don't have trades because they're going to happen. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers move up and take one of those two players we were talking about, Jalen Ramsey. Now, Simon Clancy, you say he looks like a phenomenal free safety.
2: To me, if you play him at free safety. Uh, uh, no question about it no question to my mind but he, again he is not a clean prospect and certainly not a clean prospect as a cornerback you know I'm a Florida States fan so I've seen a lot of him and you know there are issues in his game but it, he has the athletic ability to sit as a single high free safety and be just a phenomenal phenomenal player I mean he is smooth he has great size he's a big strider you look at him you look at him on punt coverage kick coverage the way he covers the ground he's such a long strider he just eats up that he's not a I don't think he's a great tackler and sometimes he actually does quite a lot he puts in quite a lot of effort to avoid tackling if you see what I mean Um, yeah but at as a pure corner, he's, I, I think his hips are, uh, you know, he's certainly not the the purest cover corner in the class. His hips can get a bit sticky. He doesn't always turn his head and look for the ball. I don't think he's, you know, it, he, he shows great anticipation on routes, and that's what I really like about him. He's a great playmaker when the ball's in front of him, which is why I think he's a safety. He gets his hands on, a, you know, he gets involved a lot of corner blitzes. You know, he can get to the quarterback, and he's big. He's rangy. He's got these really long arms. He uses his hands really well. You look at the, the Louisville game, he... F- They sent him on corner blitzes quite a lot, three or four times in the game, and he was able to get to the quarterback, but not just because he was unblocked, because he's able to use those incredibly long arms to get past backs who were stuck in to block him. You know, He is a very, very, very good player. I think sometimes he gets a bit too high on verticals as a a corner. He opens that back shoulder up a little bit too much, which leaves him a bit susceptible to, to completions against him. And sometimes he doesn't shift his eyes. He's a bit over-focused on the the receiver. Eli Apple is another cornerback who does exactly the same. Never looks for the ball. Ramsey does it more often. But, you know, I I think he's a great player. And I think as a cornerback, he'll be fine. I think as a free safety, you might have a a transcending talent. Somebody like an Ed Reed. Maybe not quite as... Maybe not quite as much of a bullhawk, but somebody brings the same sorts of organisational skills and and just pure talent to be able to literally you win matchup. The NFL is about matchups essentially. How how can you? It's a chess game. How can you this matchup beat that matchup? And when you've got a guy like Ramsey who's overseeing everything, because you know he can get sideline to sideline, it gives you so much freedom to move your other safety about to do whatever you like with your other corners. And I think, you know, used correctly, he could be very very special.
3: So well, Sherry, uh,
0: you're the one who who had the Bucks move up to come and get him. Why have they made that decision?
3: Well, I, I honestly think if the draft board falls like this, with Buchner, Ramsey, and Jack available, that a lot of teams will be on the phone trying to trade up because mm-hmm. those those three guys should be taken higher based on talent. I mean, I I, can, I agree with Simon. I, I'm projecting him mainly as a safety, but but the reason I think he's so good is because he's so versatile yeah. that you will find a spot for him somewhere. And and ultimately, I look at someone like Tyron Matthew and the way. He's yep. used in Arizona yep. and really moved around. And think that Ramsey gives you a lot of those things. He's not as much of a playmaker as Matthew, but he does have the potential to become a very good outside cornerback as well.
2: And also, what what is Matthew? Because sometimes he's a linebacker, yeah, sometimes exactly. he's an outside corner, sometimes he's a nickel corner, sometimes he's a strong safety, sometimes he's a free safety. And you can do exactly the same with Jalen. You can yeah, play in and the that, that, positions.
3: And, and I think that the modern NFL defense now... That that kind of versatility is becoming invaluable, and it, I'll see what the Patriots do with Jamie Collins and, and Matthews. Another mm. example: if you can get guys like that who are multifunctional in the right coach and staff, go up and get them because you'll find a good position for Jalen Ramsey in the NFL. That will happen. So seventy
2: percent uh, passes completed against the Bucks secondary last year. I mean, yeah, that's so, a. The, the, that's
0: a huge need. Uh, yeah. I- interesting. The, the next pick coming up, the interesting one for me, and yeah, I understand the Jags trading down and stand. That makes sense to me. But uh, uh, with the Forty Nine ers coming up shortly, if they did trade down and Miles Jack was still kicking about. I would be delighted we'll get to that in a minute but the Ravens at 6 a a fascinating one to me such an injury hit season last year Uh, it was the first time that we'd seen Harbour have a losing season in the NFL and so this almost feels like picking so high is a little bit of a luxury for them yeah um now you've you've gone ahead and taken a, a, a player that I like a lot and I think it has a great scheme fit. I was slightly surprised there was maybe an offensive tackle I might have taken here. Um I there was maybe there's there's a few needs on the Ravens, even though it's a luxury pick, but you've gone ahead and taken DeForest Buckner, the Oregon defensive lineman, the much better Oregon defensive lineman, not the one who was taken last year, Clancy. We'll get into that another mm-hmm. time, maybe off air. But <laughs> um uh why why Buckner and not taking an defensive tackle and between the two of you tell us why he's the right player because he looks very good.
3: It's 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 kinda of trying to read what Ozzy Newsom will do and and I think I think the Ravens need to realise that the way they've been successful is when they've fielded a very good defence and that's mm. throughout the time that Ozzy Newsom's been there. That's kind of their identity and it's what they've got away from the last two years. I mean they're a lot more competitive the year before, but their defence was was terrible again. Um uh, and obviously, they the, the, they nearly beat the Patriots in the playoffs that year, but their defense was still awful. And I, I really think that they need to just draft who they think they're best, the best defensive lineman's available, uh, defensive player available is. And, and Jack's a consideration as as the next Ray Lewis type figure, hopefully on the field only. Um, but I, I think I honestly think Buckner's the best defensive lineman in the draft by a distance, and that says a lot when there's so many good ones in the draft. I just just think, he's a great player, and I think he's the kind of player that Ozzy Newsom will see at six and be like, "How's this happened? I'll be taking him. I, I'm good enough to find offensive lineman later in the draft." And I think that's how we look at it. Yeah, I, and, I mean... and it's a little bit more boom or bust at the top of the draft with offensive lineman. So I think Buckner's a safer pick as well. Up, I, I think Buckner will be very good regardless, and maybe elite. So. I think he is the safer pick than an offensive lineman as well.
2: Yeah. I mean, look at the. I mean, look at him. First of all, I mean, he's he's kind of cut from granite. He's got six, yeah. seven, six, eight, two hundred and ninety pounds. I mean, to me, he's this huge, long, ideal five technique. You know, three for those of you that you know, three, four defensive end. You know, one technique is a outside of one side of the center. The three technique on the outside shoulder. of The guard. The five technique on the outside shoulder of a tackle, right the way up to the nine technique essentially on the outside of the tight end. Um that to me is who he is. you know he's strong he can retrace on passes he can chase things down he's uh, uh, he's just a physical you know a real physical stout defensive player but who has much more athleticism than you'd imagine from a human being of that size He's one of those kind of almost a kind of planet theory guy of which there's only very few people on the you know on the planet in terms of just that size With weight that athletic, athletic combination that yeah. that's exactly what he is and you know he is um you know, I, but what's quite interesting though, and, and it goes back to the point you made earlier on about Jack Conklin, you throw on that Oregon-Michigan State game, and, and Conklin played him pretty damn well in that game, mm-hmm. you know, he's, um, you know, uh, I read a, a scout, a couple of weeks ago, a scout said, you know, he watched the same game, and Conklin kicked his ass the whole game, and I, that's not what I saw, but I saw Conklin get. It was a good battle, wasn't oh, it? it was battle? a really good battle, it was a really good battle, it's, you know, it's good when you can watch those matchups, so the. The Notre Dame-Clemson game where you saw Ronnie Stanley against Shaq Lawson was another I mean it was totally one-sided in favour of Stanley but they're good battles and that's when you really see the you know the makeup of a guy but you know I think Buckner's a, a really good a really good player
0: i i'm gonna i'll talk conklin in a little while because i love that guy but um this means that at number seven overall and honestly if it shook out like this i haven't enjoyed a 49ers first round pick for about three years if we got miles jack falling to seven after what's happened with our defense over the last few years the retirements of chris Balland and patrick willis and justin smith uh, from what I've seen of Miles Jack just seems like a guy who can do it all who can cover better than a linebacker I've seen at this top end in some time and with the amount of nickel that teams play nowadays having someone who can cover much like we used to have with Willis and Bowman where one would cover and one would play the more traditional middle linebacker this just is a beautiful fit and I love you Matt Sherry
3: Yeah, I'm... I mean, there's, there's every chance he goes there because I'd, I'd, if you read Simon Clancy's piece in the magazine um, and we'll put that on the website actually over the coming days for, for people who haven't got the magazine it, it is impossible for NFL teams outside of the knee concerns not to fall in love with this guy and his attitude and I just love this pick because he reminds me so much of uh, of Navarro Bowman to watch Bowman's kind of on the way out and he's just the perfect replacement and And it's similar to the Aussie Newsome thing of, of general managers going back to what's worked for them before and I, and I think Trent Balky will look at this guy and think, right, I can start to rebuild this linebacker corpse into to what it was with the Super Bowl run, and this guy is the absolute centerpiece of that.
2: I mean, I I would say that in you know if Matt if the mock draft if the mock doesn't or the main draft doesn't go the same as Matt's mock, I would say that there are teams, and I would say Atlanta and Miami. Who would if, go if Jack is still on the board at this pick? That would be absolutely itching to get up into that spot i can guarantee you i know that miami have given him a clean bill of health i know there's question marks about the knee and i think they're slightly over over blown. It's lying actually. season, this is the lying season It's
3: absolutely lying season. To absolute lying to me,
2: season. To be this kid is the cleanest prospect, you know, I, I'm not going to sit here and regurgitate the article, but you know, this kid <laughs> is one of the cleanest prospects that I've come across, he's also one of the best prospects I've come across, he to me is the best player in the draft and it's not even close. It, we talk about Tyron Matthew and we, and we talked about Ramsey, you could literally play Miles Jack, inside linebacker, weak side, strong side, nickel corner, strong safety, free safety, or running back this guy would be a second round draft pick as, uh, as a running back
0: he's the money backer that's what he, he is he's the money
2: backer he's the running backer I mean that's what he is you know and off the field it doesn't come much better than this kid you know this kid was a guy who was literally watching tape age 6 of his high school games every week he would watch tape analysis of that for the last 6 years he's been working on his footwork as a nickel corner against 2 4 star recruits one of whom now Auburn one of whom is I think at Mississippi I mean this kid lives breathes drinks football, he's such a clean kid off the field. And on it, you can see how well he's been coached because his fundamentals, his technique, his hand use, the way he keeps his hands inside on the breastplate of offensive linemen, the way he jacks his knees, all those sorts of things. You know, his footwork, he's instinctive. You know, there's one game he played last season where literally he played probably about 97% of snaps at nickel corner and and didn't give up a completion. I'm, I'm genuinely at
0: the point right now where... I already felt this way and then hearing you talk about it as well San Francisco have despite the two big trades already the most picks in this draft and admittedly a lot of them come 5th, 6th, 7th round and compensatory picks and stuff like that but I have for some time thought we've made no splash in free agency maybe they're looking to make a splash in the draft I'd have no problem with them moving up to Three, four, five. If Jack's still there to go and get him, if he fell to seven, amazing. But the,
3: the, the other thing as well is that there are two other teams I think are massively in play to move up from, and that's the Giants who have lacked this kind of player for several years now, and the Auckland Raiders need a need a middle linebacker as well, <laughs> and he makes a lot of sense to them. The Jaguars, he makes sense to. St- yep. to, to stay Dallas,
2: management. he makes sense to. Baltimore, there's, he makes sense. You know, there's
3: so many teams around Giants. Yeah, it, it's. I, I think the top of the draft could be really exciting because there's a lot of teams who are, who have been aggressive in the draft in the past. So I could see maybe moving up for somebody like Miles Jack
0: and you can of course follow it live from at gridiron on twitter uh there we go getting the plugs in uh, uh with the eighth pick overall and um i think this was a very sensible choice of trade we're hearing a lot of bluster that the browns are going to look to do this and to move down so they trade their 2016 first round pick eighth overall the second time to get the indianapolis colts first pick second pick fourth and fifth pick Massive, massive amount being given up. But as we know, that's because Ryan Grigson is dreadful at his job. (laughs) They move up, and admittedly, I'm know i the guy who's here to be the needs guy and tell you what teams need. I don't think I need to tell anyone who's a regular listener to this podcast A, what my feelings are towards Ryan Grigson in general, but B, just how much they need to protect Andrew Luck. And so even though they're giving up a lot, moving up and getting Ronnie Stanley, I'm not complaining too much about this.
3: Yeah, I mean Grigson rolls the dice, he's done that all the way through his career so far, largely unsuccessfully and and I think he'll live or die by that sword, he knows he has to protect luck this year I'm pretty sure that Jim Erso is probably telling them that he wants them to be drafting offensive linemen this year they were really quiet in free agency but I'd I'd, I'd be amazed if they didn't do something like this, They, they should probably stay where they are take Taylor, Decker or whoever else is there maybe move up if there's a run offensive lineman early and get that last guy. But they've got a lot of holes, so they should really stay and draft as many players as they can. Let's, but.
0: let's just talk because we're talking needs. But let's just talk about the, let's package these two picks together because then you also had a secondary trade. The Jags, well, maybe the Jags are never going to pick in the first round, but you then had the Titans moving up to nine. And I see this doing. I see why you've done this. It seems to be an exact reactionary thing to what you've said here. The Titans using some of those picks they've amassed to move back into the top ten, knowing that the two top tackles are off the board quote-unquote top tackles, and they take Jack Conklin at nine. So let's just talk about these guys. Conklin, Stanley, I think they they both seem like good fits, Indianapolis and Tennessee, I'm not going to deny that. I love Jack Conklin from what I've watched. Mm-hmm. I I'd, I'd specifically spent the last couple of days looking at these top ten prospects. And he is... One of the most physical and attacking linemen I think I've seen in a very long time. As in, he's not just there to contain a pass rusher. He'll actually come and hit your defensive line in the mouth. And I think if you've got a decent running game or you're looking to build a decent running game, he could be absolutely massive for you, sitting on either side of the line. Um, so I, I've not seen as much of Stanley, but I really like Jack Coughlin.
3: The, the knock on Conklin is that the people say he only projects as a right tackle, but... I, I see a little bit of Andrew Whitworth in him. I was in going that. to
2: say exactly the same thing. He's exactly the same player that I see. He,
3: he, he, and the, the, the thing is, people get obsessed with athleticism in tackles. with And you need it. You need speed. You need quick first step and everything else. But ultimately, you need to have very good technique. He has very good technique. He's from Michigan State, which is some of the best coaching in college football. And that's the reason they continue to churn out high picks over the last few years, particularly defensive back, really. But I, I, I don't have a problem with Conklin eventually becoming a left tackle either. But ultimately, I think that the absolute flaw for him is to be one of the better right tackles in the NFL. And, and I just think he's guaranteed to be good. And, and I think this is how Tennessee will play. And I think they really will want a tackle. And based on how sensible John Robinson's been so far, I think he let the draft board play out and then he has enough ammunition that soon as it gets a little bit dicey with a couple of tackles being taken, he'll move up to the next pick because it's nothing for teams to move down to where Tennessee are, and, and I think that's how they should let it play out. There's, there's four, well, to me, there's three tackles that I'd really trust in, so I, I could see them doing this exactly, moving up mm. to the last guy.
2: What I love about this guy as well, zero scholarship offers coming yeah. out of high school, not one single scholarship offer, walked on at uh, Michigan State. Started thirty five of thirty eight games at left tackle. He, you watch that. You watch the the Big Ten championship game against Ohio State in the third and fourth quarter. He is absolutely mauling players all, out. and not because not because he's a better athlete or because he's a better player necessarily. Just because he wanted it more. He was an absolute beast in that game. You know, he's a bit scrappy. He can be a little bit scrappy. His technique can be a. little listen he's going to give you a thousand snaps from day one and you can play him at left tackle you can play him at right tackle you'll probably play him at left guard that's not a, that's not a problem at all i just think size strength athleticism foot quickness is is way better than people give him credit for i i think he's a terrific player you know and 10 years time we'll look back and go wow jack conklin what a career he had i mean you know i think he's just that kind of guy yeah just uh, kind of so I, I just love those kind of self-made guys i think he's and and Matt made that Andrew Whitworth, who is one of the most underrated players in the last fifteen or twenty years of the NFL, is is a perfect comparison.
3: Perfect yeah, it's it just it, what. And this is where backstories become so important. You give me a guy like that every day of the week who's at the fight and scratch just to get to college, and now is suddenly a first round prospect. Yeah, I yeah. mean, you, you give me that guy over the the, the Johnny Manziel almost, and, yeah. and you don't want to go into that, but. Uh, who's been lauded in high school, lauded in college. I, I love guys like that, and I love Jack Conklin. He might be my favorite player in the draft.
2: Jack Conklin will go to a smart team who plays smart football, who make the playoffs every year, and who just do smart things. That's so yep. he'll end up as a Patriot or a Packer or one of those or a Raven, one of those teams. We'll take Jack Conklin because they do smart things on draft day with good guys, with good prospects and good players, and that's where he'll end up.
0: Right, let's move on, guys, and talk about the New York Giants because we've uh, we've had Ryan Grigson, my number one hatred at GM. We now move on to Jerry Reese. Um, so many options here for them. Uh, they need help at linebacker. I think they could do with a second receiver to go opposite Odell Beckham. Uh, offensive line help continues to be an issue for them. Uh, a running back, a safety would be quite nice as well. I don't know if there's anyone you take as high as this. Uh, but as uh, Matthew has decided to go, Joey Bosa does not fall out of the top ten. I nearly thought he would do. And uh, he goes to the New York Giants. What was your thinking on bringing in a pass rusher to a team who just spent $100 billion on one of them?
3: Well, they've only got Jason Pierre-Paul on a one-year deal, and, and that goes either way. If he, if he can't play well, then you've got a pass rusher with one hand who, who isn't very good. If he's brilliant, he, he might price the Giants out of the market next year anyway. So there's a bit of succession plan thinking. The Giants generally do draft the best player available, and, and that's probably Borsa at this stage. And, and ultimately, they need pass rush. I mean, you need pass rush to win in the NFL. The Giants are one of those teams who, because they've got a quarterback who can win in the playoffs, kind of need to build those pieces. Having three pass rushes is not a problem in this NFL. So I, I just think that, that makes the most sense. They, they generally draft the best player available, and that would be Borsa. And and with the succession plan, I think it makes a bit of sense there as well.
2: I could easily see them taking Lakehorn Treadwell here.
3: Yeah, and he, uh, Treadwell would be such a great player, obviously yeah. Beckham Jr. as well. All this
2: like, stuff about Treadwell running a 4-6, and I I could not... Ca- I mean, OK, it's not my job. I couldn't care less. You look, Put on the tape. T- tell me Lecon Treadwell is slow. He's yeah, not. You look at his short area of quickness... In the first 5 and 10 yards off the line of scrimmage, he's phenomenal. He gets open time and time again. He gets open on short routes. He gets open on uh, intermediate routes. He gets open on deep routes. I don't care that he runs a 460. Who cares? He is as physical... I mean, look at him in the run game. He is an absolute monster on the perimeter in terms of blocking. He's an. Uh, he will block guys into the opposing benches. He's an Absolute physical freak of nature. He's got great hands, he'll high point the ball. And I'll tell you what else I love about him, it's that 464 four or whatever or 468 in the fourth quarter of games, will become a 4-4 because he will have worn down those cornerbacks who can run a 4-3 and a 4-4 because he will have just physically outlasted them. And when you've got Odell Beckham on the outside and you've got Victor Cruz in the slot, you don't need to run a 4-3 or a 4-4. That 4-6 will be utterly, utterly immaterial because he will be a big-bodied, high-pointing receiver who will just out-beast players four quarters I just to me he's an absolutely phenomenal receiving talent and, and guess
0: what Jerry Rice ran a 4-7 so. well exactly Anquan Bolden <laughs> Jarvis Baldwin, Landry it, all these guys yeah. Larry uh, Fitzgerald I
2: think Anquan Bolden's the
0: obvious comparison because yeah. of the big body size and the physicality as well uh, but yeah the, the, it's one of those that in the right scheme and if he's opposite Odell Beckham who is such a burner and has all of those other skills as well he can be used for the kind of routes where he can be more physical where he can be crossing and where ben, he can be getting you know, Ben getting is an offensive
2: mind Guy at head coach. I'm not saying that Ben McAdoo is, you know, but you know, come on, this is uh, this is I, not. I, I actually people.
3: personally would draft Treadwell in the top ten yeah. if I was a team without without question. I, I love Treadwell as well. I just haven't because I'm I'm just convinced that that all teams are going to be ridiculously put off by the forty time, and and I really think that will happen. Ultimately, if Treadwell goes now, I'd love it because I think then the Bengals and. The Vikings and the Texans, three teams who pick in a row, will start to get itchy feet and one of those will move up and the wide receiver market will, will change the face of the draft, so that will be fun. More I
2: trades! Mean, hooray! I mean, literally, the difference between him running a 4-4 and a 4-6 is now, Now that. I mean, literally, between the yeah. two sayings of now. I mean, really? Really? That's how you're going to define? You know, do you want DeAndre Hopkins or do you want Ted Ginn? Uh, you know, or do you want... Uh, I don't know, somebody that runs a ridiculous 4-3 and can't play the game, or somebody who runs a 4, five four three. Bay. Yeah, do you want Darius yeah. Hayward Bay or Larry Fitzgerald? Because literally, now now is the difference between... is what you're saying.
0: We, we're talking about a player who in this mock doesn't get drafted for another 12 or so picks. Spoiler alert. For real. So, uh, Joey Bosa, just very quickly. Um, what I have heard a lot of people more intelligent than me about college football and about grading these types of players is that he lacks some dynamism... And maybe he's already topped out what he can manage. Is there any feeling that Joey Bosa isn't going to be the top-tier prospect that everyone wants and believes he can be?
2: I don't think he's going to be, like I said earlier, he's not going to be Cameron Wake or Von Miller. He's not. He's going to be Justin Smith. He's got great hands. Great hands. I mean, the the way he stacks and sheds sometimes is... It, you know, is for not the power in his hands and his arms and his forward lean. You know, one of the things I, I dislike about shaq Lawson is that he lays on offensive tackles. The, Bosa will never do that. He, you know, he is aggressive, physical hands, the like of which you don't see very often, and he will cave in, uh, you know, one side of the offensive line because of it. But he's not somebody that's going to run the arc necessarily and beat a tyron Smith just by bending and getting around the court That's not his game. It really isn't, you know. I I think he's just a he's got a lot of talent, a lot of upside. Who can either put his hand down or stand up. Uh, to me, he's uh, uh, slightly overrated. I think because he's not Demarcus Ware, he's not Wake, he's not Miller, he's not that kind of guy. But I think he will be a consistent ten-year, eight, 8-10 ten sacks a season. Play the run really well, uh, you know, decent upside. But I don't think he's going to grow into. You know, I don't think he's topped out, but I don't think his ceiling is quite as high as some of the other players in this. Yeah,
3: in well, this I have a comparison. It's not just because they're both white, which I'm always wary of in this situation. <laughs> with their uh, Bloody but. racist. But uh, Chris Long, <laughs> you, you do yeah. see that, though, don't you? you think, oh, yeah, well, of course uh, you, do. you Well, you you, you, Ryan you, Kerrigan
2: you, is another. Ryan Kerrigan yeah, is a good, Kerrigan. you
3: know. I can see that. And, and that's ultimately what drafting is. Do you pick the guy who will be Ryan Kerrigan or Chris Long? Or do you pick the guy that might be some failed pass rusher I can't think of, of on Miller. That, that's yeah. drafting, isn't it? It's, it's often that between that line and which way you go, and I, and I think that depends on which team's drafting.
0: Absolutely. Interesting pick at 11 for the Chicago Bears, a man who uh, certainly has been moving up a lot of draft boards by the sounds of it over the last two weeks, and that's Leonard Floyd, the outside linebacker of Georgia. I, I mean, if if he's a, a good edge rusher, he's going to fit what Vic Fangio does in that 3-4 I don't know a huge amount about this guy. I'm not gonna lie, I've said this already. I've been moving house. I don't know much <laughs> about this draft. I'm sorry, but I've got two people on the line who know a lot about it, so I'm gonna go to them. He's been moving up, a lot of people have even been talking about him maybe creeping into the top ten. Is this guy special?
2: He could uh, be special.
3: He could be. This is this is kind of the other the other end of the Joy Borsa coin.
2: Yeah. He does he, things he very really differently. Good. Very uh, different. He's a very different type of player.
3: Yeah, I mean, ultimately a lot of this pick was, was Simon suggesting to me that, that the Bears are really high and from what he understands and, and, and I've read that elsewhere as well. He's He might end up going in the top 10 because he's rising yeah. so fast up, up draft boards but the only concern I have slightly is George's scheme opens yeah. up a lot of pressure opportunities for, for for guys rushing the passer and I always think it's difficult to project but for, from a from a standpoint of of the tools that he has, he could be really good.
2: I mean, he is all world thin. First of all, I mean, he's 244 pounds, maxed out, rail thin, which is not going to help him. He needs to he needs work in the weight room. He needs to go to Denny's a lot. You know, he you know he does need to bulk up. But in terms of that kind of, I mean, he has a fairly unique, probably to this draft, a fairly unique kind of combo of size, athletic ability, length, arm length. I mean, he's rangy. He can track down plays sideline to sideline. He will change to, for for a guy that's what I don't know what he is six foot five, six foot six. He changes. I tell you who he is. He's Alden Smith. I was that, just. A, this Joe, I was just. Oh, <laughs> I was Alden just Smith. looking
0: up what is Alden Smith's weight in pounds, yeah. and it's two five five. He's so. Alden Smith. He's, he's
2: a su, he's a sub package. He's a sub package pass rusher. Yeah. But with the ability to uh, he will cover it, and he can cover in a sort of a ten to fifteen yard area. He can cover pretty well. He's Alden Smith.
0: Is he as much of a prick as Alden Smith? Sorry, I, don't I think mean, so. I mean, I mean off, a, does he no, have off the field trouble? He's Sorry. not.
2: He, he was a military academy kid, so his father's in the military. He went to Hargrave, I think. He's a um, uh, he's a good kid, I think.
0: Great, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the fact is, they're desperate for pass rush. There, this isn't a draft with a lot of good edge rush quality. Uh, whether I mean, whether Joey Bosa felt them, he could fit as an outside linebacker rather than a D end. I don't know, but he seems to be the best available. So they've drafted for a bit of a need, but. No complaints. The New Orleans Saints, they've got to go defence here. Surely they've got to go defence. Uh, they could do with defensive line help. I a linebacker help. Probably cornerback help. Uh, they've got, theoretically, a good pair of safeties if they can both stay healthy at the same time. So maybe that's the one position on the defence they don't need to draft. Surely they go defence here, Matt.
3: They do. They get themselves... Well, not Shaw, Larson, as I've written here. They get Shaq <laughs> Um... I think this is where I might start getting tired doing this at 12. What a good sign for for that to be happening! Yeah, I mean I, I like Shaq Lawson more than more than some do. Um, I understand the question marks about whether he can be consistently a a commanding pass rusher, and certainly he needs to add some moves to that. But I, I just uh, what sticks out to me, and I keep saying it is. He played hard at the end of the year uh, and still looked really good against good teams. Now that that stands out to me as, as something, and, and I and I do like him. And another guy who you can project anywhere from ten to thirty, as it is the case with everybody in the draft. But I do like this guy. I mean, it does. I I could probably improve the Saints' defense, so it's not so <laughs> much that, that he he would, but yeah, he, he would make a lot of sense. Here. I, Simon, of the, I'm I... just
0: wondering: Do you ever buy into this idea of? Well, Clemson pass rushers uh, historically never do well in the NFL.
2: No, just it's, we signed Andre Branch as well, so I know what you mean. No, I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't. I, I never buy into that, uh, especially when the especially when the coaching staff change. Exactly. I don't it. think that that's you know <laughs> all line all linebackers from Alabama are not you know the greatest linebackers in the world. Just as all safeties from Notre Dame, all wide receivers from where. I, I just don't think it works quite like that. But you know. Well, it's quite Lawson is a very interesting prospect in that you know he's a uh, like Leonard Floyd he's another Hargrave kid uh, he's somebody that I know the Dolphins are quite keen on. I've got some Dolphins friends who think he's great I just do not see it and uh, I know Matt, Matt and I rarely disagree on a lot of this sort of thing I just do not see it he's not exp- I don't think he's particularly explosive he's always the last off the ball at the snap uh, he leans on Lyman too much for me I don't think he's a particularly great athlete. I know he ran very well. People say his spark figures are great. That, you know, I don't care. I just see what I see on tape. I don't think he's a particularly great pass rusher. I don't really know what he's going to do at the next level. And you got you kind of go back, because you've got Kevin Dodd, who's the other Clemson end, and I think it's the first time since, is it 1998, when Greg Ellis and Vonnie Holiday came out of NC State together. I don't think these two are as good as those two. Uh, I, he's just a bit for me. I just don't <laughs> kind of... You know, he's kind of a one-year guy. He's got great, you know, he's, I don't know. I'm just not a huge, I'm just not a huge fan of his. And I put on that tape against Ronnie Stanley. I like Stanley, and Stanley's excellent in pass pro. He's not great as a run blocker, but he got absolutely beasted snap after snap after snap. And it wasn't even a contest. It really wasn't. And I know he played hurt at the end of the season. I know he had 12 sacks. I know, you know, guys love him off the field. He had a very low Wonderlic score. I think it was 10 or 12. But in terms of effort, his effort apparently is phenomenal. All he does off the field, he's a great kid. He works for his first in, last out. He's that kind of guy. I just don't see him as a ten, twelve, pass, you know, sack guy a season. I just don't see it.
3: I, I don't see him as that either. But I, I ultimately think he could become just a very solid, good yeah. defensive end. And he's think, ke- uh,
2: you know he might be Kendall Langford or something. You know, I, he
0: reminds me a little bit of Chandler Jones. Yeah. And and the Saints need solids, to be honest. That's what they're desperate for.
2: I I just think that if you're going to go defence, with all the players that you, you know, if you're the Saints, it, it doesn't have to be a defensive lineman, but, you know, take Noah Spence, take Chris Jones, take Kenny Clark, take Darren Lee, take Reggie Ragland, take, you know all take of Kibari these players Russell, that we're going Byrne to talk about reach. coming up of right. course but you know
0: you, you mentioned a name right at the end there and i'm going to set you a challenge here simon clancy uh, you can just call me simon if you like mate. no no it's um, fine i I like calling you by your full okay. name <laughs> well, my
2: uh, middle name is charles so you can call me simon charles clancy simon like charles the clancy the third that's uh, perfect just uh, just the first
0: simon go on the miami dolphins yeah they could do with some offensive line help on the inside and outside probably some defensive line help as well depending on how much you love mario williams after olivia vernon's gone but cornerback is definitely a position of need for them yep so without talking about the team let's just talk about the player that matt picked here (laughs) because vernon hargreaves is someone who for the last probably two three months i've consistently heard of as being the second best cornerback in the draft. He's, he's going to be the one who goes after Jalen Ramsey, and Jalen Ramsey could be a safety. And then suddenly in the last week or so, he's been falling and falling and falling on mock draft boards and what people are saying about him behind the likes of Eli Apple and behind, and to even where he's in the low first, early second rather than right at the top here. Can you understand why this guy's falling? Can you explain it in any way? And I guess you can tell us why you think he might fit the Dolphins. I think
2: there was a process around the draft where some of the things that some of the unmentionables start to get heard about. He's a good kid, coach's son, but there are some issues around that Florida. uh, Go back to the Ezekiel Elliott thing. And I'm sure if you can, you know, if you Google or you type into Twitter, Vernon Hargreaves off field issues, you'll probably come across what I'm talking about. So a good kid, but with some potential sort of, you know, nothing too worrisome, but that may worry some teams um small you know he's 5'10 he's you know but he's ultra competitive he's a long term three season starter at florida you know he's kind of joe hayden type he's a quick quick twitch athlete quick titch, quick twitch to say that quick twitch corner he's got great feet he's very physical in the run game he is skinny you know but and he is undersized and if that's what the dolphins want you know it looks like the dolphins are going taller with Byron Maxwell um you know, his arms aren't particularly long, but he's a good, he's just a solid player. Probably, I mean, is he an outside corner? Is he a slot corner? I don't know. I've heard, I've certainly heard some rumours that he, if if the Buccaneers stayed at eight, that he would go to the bucket at, at wherever the Buccaneers pick 10, that he could go off at the board with the Buccaneers pick around eight, nine, ten, whatever, wherever they pick. I like him. I think he's a good player. He doesn't, there are other cornerbacks that I like who are not rated as highly as he is, but you know, I. They you know NFL teams are seeing the full package i I think he's a good, not great player, but I think he's a good player and I think he's a you know v- Vance joseph is a the sort of guy that you know th- there were rumors that if we'd brought in pac man Jones and Byron Maxwell Maxwell would have played a lot of press on one side, and Jones would have you know th- he has the ability to coach up two different schemes. You look at the way that Reggie Nelson and Georgia Loca played in the secondary for for the Bengals they' were often playing two different schemes and, uh, and often not at free safety and strong safety there was a kind of a a mixing of the positions, if you see what I mean. Joseph is very creative around those sorts of things. So, you know, we shall see what we shall see how it plays out. I think the Dolphins ultimately should take a cornerback because of, you know, what's going on. There is rumours about Ezekiel Elliott, there are rumours about Miles Jack. I don't know. I just don't think you can ignore that corner position unless you're absolutely guaranteed that you're going to get a bona fide, a really good player at 42 when they pick in the second round. And I'm not sure that a Mac Alexander, a Kavara Russell is going to get to that point. So I think you've got to take cornerback here.
3: I think the Dolphins are going to ultimately trade up, and I think it'll be ridiculous because they're they're not in a position to be traded. If
2: they trade up for Ezekiel Elliott, Mike Tannenbaum should be fired live on telly by Donald Trump.
3: (laughs) If they trade up
0: for for Ezekiel Elliott, to 8 if he slips to there, with the
2: Browns, and pay more than they got for him. There's rumours that they'll (laughs) trade to 3 to get ahead of Dallas, which, uh, I mean, I like Adam Gaze a lot, and, you know... The dolphins are my team, so every day I, you know, I keep across what's going on, and I speak to some of the journo's, and you know, a lot of what he does away from the public spotlight in terms of the way he's coaching that team, the way he's dealing with the media, you know, hackneyed veterans of 25 years in the media are like, I've not been around a guy like this since I've been around, you know, these. This is a Pat Riley, Don Shula type personality. I'm not saying he's going to be the same sort of coach. But in terms of alpha personality, the players apparently love him already. Those that have been around him, you talk to, Landry, you hear from Landry and Tannehill and Sue. They are, you know, there's a hundred percent attendance record at the, at the the workouts, the the OTAs, which has never happened in, you know, not as long as I can remember. So people are clearly buying in. But if they trade up to three for Ezekiel Elliott, I'm done. I'm seriously, I'm done. Yeah, the
3: they, they, the other thing, and we're kind of going off topic on Gates, he is one of the only people I've ever heard Peyton Manning speak reverentially mm-hmm. about. And also one of the few men that Peyton Manning has ever listened to as an offensive coordinator. So he gears imprints all over that scheme when yep. he had that year with Manning. And Manning is so solidified, especially as he got older, in what he wanted to do and how he wanted to be running things his way. I think that suggests what kind of coach he is. But I do think Tannenbaum is... It is ludicrous if the trade up, and it's it's oh. letting his risk taker reputation get the better of him because he's a little bit more intelligent than the make such a I would I would
2: deal team. up for Miles Jack. I would deal up for Miles yeah, Jack. I, mean, I wouldn't deal up for Ezekiel Elliott.
3: Yeah, I could understand it for Jack. I mean, I don't think this should be trading up, really. No. But Vance I could Jones, understand it Jack, for Jack.
2: Jack in the Vance Joseph's system could do an awful lot of damage. Yeah, you know that I would say that trading up to three for Ezekiel Elliott would just make me genuinely want to do self harm. Don't try at home, kids.
0: Sorry, I was just chatting to one of my colleagues. I apologise. You Am I two that were, You two were... No, no, no you two I, were having a great... No I, wonder
2: I'm never on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the one who's got to listen back to this, so... We've got to rattle through this because I've got 25 minutes and I to That's get right.
0: Let's at least get through the next three, and then we can say we've done the first half with you here. And at 14, the tra- the traders... The, well, there we go. The Oakland traders have raided out of this pick from 14th overall, lose a fourth rounder as well, taking the Jets' first round pick, and Mohamed Wilkerson, I love this trade... Uh, as, uh, you've gone into a proper fantasy land with this Sherry and I'm thoroughly enjoying <laughs> it
3: I think it all, it all went too far you lose there's no <laughs> trades after 21 by which point it was 8pm and I just wanted to get the thing finished
0: <laughs> but they've had all their quarterback troubles we don't know whether it's going to be the excitement of Ryan Fitzpatrick or Brian Hoyer under centre well there's a chance it might be the Memphis quarterback Paxton Lynch the man with the biggest hands I have ever seen in my human life oh they were compared to Ollie's at the time though
3: yeah, I, 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 I honestly, I, I've got a theory that the Jets only only franchise tagged and so they could trade up for a quarterback. And it hasn't worked getting Goffa went, so I, I just think they'll, they might do with Lynch. I, I, really, I really wouldn't be surprised if this was the way it, it went. Um, I mean, I, I don't love it. It'll take a couple of years for him to play, I think, more so than any other quarterback in the draft he needs time to develop. But they're going to sign Ryan Fitzpatrick back, so... They're probably in position to do it, and they clearly don't think Bryce Petty's the guy, given that they were apparently trying to trade into the top two.
0: And I think that's all we need to really talk about with Lynch, because we kind of talked about we talked about him on the show before, and we talked about him when we were talking about the different calls about prospects yeah. earlier. But for the Jets, it's a it's a splash. It's interesting. It seems like a very Jetsy thing to do. So I have no problem. Next up, you hate the Jags. You don't want their fans to enjoy a first round pick <laughs> whatsoever <laughs> <They're trade down. laughs> as they trade down for a third time in this draft. I get it. They've, they've made big splashes in free agency. They've decided they just want to accumulate some picks. The Seahawks move up and take Taylor Decker, the offensive tackle, out of Ohio State. Big guy. six-seven-three-ten. 7 three, ten. Uh, The Seahawks. Let's say that the offensive line isn't an area of strength for them, as a nice way of putting it. So no problem with the fit, but Taylor Decker, I turn to you, Clancy. What do you think of this guy as a a line prospect? Is he up there with the top three we've already seen go off? Is he worth trading up and losing some picks for?
2: Uh, um, Depends how many picks you want to lose. I mean, he's a good player. He's a first-round player. I don't think he's overly quick, and I wonder whether or not he's best suited down the line as as more of a right tackle. I mean, he's a strong kid. He gets great movement. He's a good player. Uh, I'm not sold that you'd want to trade up massively for him I don't want Matt things, but that's not what I would you know that's uh, not Ma- necessarily what I would I would do I, I like him don't get me wrong I like him he's a good player he's a solid player I don't think he's quite as good as Jack Conklin you look at his size he's a bit you know 6'7", 3'10", he's a mountain he get, he's got good hands um for me, I think the Seahawks,
0: and we, we were going to do this on the last podcast and then never got around to it, so maybe me and Ollie will do it at the end of this one. The Seahawks are one of the teams where I think have got one of the biggest question marks going into next season. Not overall. I think they'll be a good team, maybe a great team. But the way that they made that transition uh, halfway through last season to suddenly becoming a pocket-passing team and Russell Wilson had ludicrous numbers through the end of the year... If they can keep doing that without a strong offensive line, is that what their offense is going to look like this year? Or are they going to move back to being more ground and pound and being, yeah, allowing Wilson to make those scrambles out and make those kind of plays? I really don't know what their offense is going to look like this year. So if they made a move like this, maybe it would give us a clearer picture on what the Seahawks want to do, want to protect Russell Wilson. And I do think if they are looking to make Russell Wilson pass out of the pocket more... And I think you're relying on some wide receivers repeating some pretty ludicrous form to do that. You definitely need to get some offensive line help. So I don't hate them trading up.
3: There, there are a few things that played into it. One, I think the Lions could easily take a tackle. Um, and then Decker, after Decker, I think that the, the gap for tackles is, is fairly steep. So he's kind of the last of those four guys. So that was why to get ahead of the Lions... There are two things, they got massively found out against Carolina with this offensive line and that ultimately cost them the game despite Russell Wilson's best efforts in the second half and they can't just keep getting defensive linemen and hoping to turn them into offensive linemen because it isn't working. Another guy that that would make sense to trade up for is actually Ryan Kelly, the centre who yeah. we'll get to later on, who I actually think is a safer player, Yeah, I, I just think that they'll build the line from the out-in as opposed to the in-out. You so. can't
0: trade up for a centre. Of course well, you can. Exactly. This guy's, guy's going to be I a 10-year pro bowler. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, can we, let's uh, get on to... Let's finish off the first half of our first round mock draft then. Kind of. Because uh, the second half is obviously going to be shorter. Thanks to one team not having a pick. Uh, the Detroit Lions, they do go tackle, but just a defensive tackle. Sheldon Rankins out of Louisville. they still never replace Sue or Fairly. I mean, they... Um, they replace them, but with a man who is about eighty-five years old uh, from the Ravens. So they go and take Sheldon Rankins. Is this a guy who can fill in that sort of role in the middle of that Lions' defense? Where they've always been so good at getting pressure up the middle.
2: I think he's a great three-technique rusher. I don't. He's okay against the run. I think he's really going to help collapse that pocket in terms of pass rush. You know, if you want that kind of, you know, to me the value might be a little bit later when you are looking at guys like Vernon Butler, Andrew Billings. Kenny Clark at UCLA I absolutely love Is going to be a really really good player in this league and can do it all. Um Rankin's is a decent player. Uh, he's a decent player. He will give you that interior pass rush, which will really help when you've got guys like Ziggy Answer coming off the edge because he will help take pressure off answer and ultimately lead to more sacks from him.
3: The, the 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 main thing with defensive tackles is it's almost not worth discussing them because the, the five teams are going to have Sheldon Rankin's rated in five different positions. Yep as it relates to other defensive tackles the gaps between them are really really small, I really like Rankins I think he is a good fit to replace some of the things that um, Sue and Fairley did and the need to replace that, um, you can't keep relying on the brilliant defensive coordinator whose name has escaped my mind to Terrell Austin to uh, continue to to, to patch over some some holes in that defence now so yeah, I mean it, it could be any defensive tackle but but I really like Rankins and, and I think he's he's more solid than some of the other guys who I think uh, it's it's all about as we've said draft philosophy and whether you go for the guy who could be something and could be a lot less than that or the guy who you think will just be a good player and I think Rankins will be a good player I Actually, I actually really like him against the run and think he's improved massively over the last two years as a pass rusher and I think that improvement over the last two years is makes me think he will continue to get better. Poor man's Aaron Donald.
0: Oh, yeah, but Aaron Donald has turned into, yeah, for my money, one of the uh, top absolutely. five defensive players in the
2: league. That's why he's poor man's Aaron Donald. Okay, I'll Not accept rich it. rich man's Aaron Donald or <laughs> Aaron Donald.
0: <laughs> uh, what would a rich man's Aaron Donald be?
2: Better than Aaron Donald.
0: Yeah, but how much, how much better much better? Who knows? It depends
2: how much money you have.
0: Uh, There's
3: no such thing, is there?
0: I'm not sure there is. Uh, look, that rounds off the first half of this. The second half will be coming up in tomorrow's show and it'll be just me and Mr. Sherry on the line. So before you go away, Simon Clancy... Yes. I, just wanna... I can do
2: tomorrow if you want to come back and do the other half tomorrow. No,
0: I want to do it right now and then put oh, okay. it out tomorrow because, you know... No, fine. I t- I'm not working tomorrow. I'm using we... my day off to finish <laughs> unpacking boxes.
3: We, we may as well keep Simon on for as long as we can.
0: Well, no,
2: all I'm thinking
0: is that whilst we've got him here... I've got another, like,
2: 12 minutes
0: or so. I want to pick your brain quickly on guys that will most likely fall outside of the first round because we're, we're going to do a first round reaction show but we won't have much of a chance to uh to look to rounds two onwards other than when we do our end of the weekend show so uh, there are a few names who i'd like to know your thoughts on them first of all when you look at prospects that you really like, you aren't going to be first rounders. If you're thinking, who do the Dolphins need to get from the second round onwards? Are there any talents you see who you think, man, I'm surprised they're not a first rounder?
2: Do you want to go position by position with that? Uh, yeah, that absolutely.
0: Javon Hargrave, you mentioned earlier. Yeah. Was what if one... you
2: go so quarterbacks? I mentioned that I, I, I like Cardell Jones, but he needs a lot of work. He, he throws to open receivers. He can't throw receivers open at the moment. But he's a sort of guy that you know, he's got a massive arm. Uh, he has potential. Potential talent that I think could, you know, he could develop into something down down the road. Running backs: Devonte Booker of Utah, I quite like. Uh, Kenneth Baker is a decent running back. Alex Collins is all right. Um, I, there's two backs, one at UCLA, Paul Perkins, who I think is a really good third round, third fourth round back. And there's a kid at Notre Dame, CJ Procise who I think is really really good. He only played one year. He's had some fumbling issues. I think he had seven fumbles. Um, but he would do it all. He's a he's a poor man's Ezekiel Elliott. He will block. <laughs> he has got great. He was a converted wide receiver. He's got great hands, and he's a decent running back. I may um, you know, I I like him. A wide receiver Leonte of Rutgers. I like a lot. Um, who else? I right? like Tyler Boyd of Pittsburgh. Is a really decent player. There's um, yeah, Braxton. I'd be int- I'm intrigued to see what Braxton Miller does at, at receiver. Um, tight ends there's the kid at UCLA Travis Duarte I like Austin Hooper at Stanford is a decent player that will fall outside the first round the kid who got done Tyler Patman who got done for Tyler Higby who got done for slapping somebody around the other day which is one of the stupidest things you could ever do just before the biggest job interview of your life but he's got some decent talent offensive liners a couple of players Willie Beavers is an offensive lineman plays for Western also Michigan. has an incredible
0: name has a great
2: name He, you watch him against Michigan. Turn on the Michigan State game where he goes one on one against Shaquille Calhoun as a defensive end. I really like. Um, He plays. He's a pretty decent player. He could play. He could be a tackle. He's got footwork to be a left tackle in the NFL. He could also be a very good guard. Sets a good wide base. Bends at the knee. Fundamentally, Fundamentally, he's pretty sound. Guy. Nobody's talking about Nebraska left tackle Alex Lewis. Going to start for ten years in this league, along with a guy Joe Dahl of Washington and Nick Martin, who is uh, Zach Martin, the Den- uh, the Dallas Cowboys guard's brother. Again, they're three guys that you could literally plug in at day one, and they would start for you for ten years. In my opinion, I think this, I, I think they're really good players. Nick Martin, especially, is a just a he just got it. He's just got that sort of NFL mentality. Josh Garnett, who's a guard at Stanford, is probably the highest rated guard. You look at that guy. Guys, Do we not you not think
0: he creeps into the first round with how well, maybe, highly but, uh, people are valuing well, interior think, offensive line at
2: the moment? I think that Ryan Kelly will go in the first round, and the Texas A&M tackle Jermaine Fady, who some teams think is a tackle, some teams think is a guard, and some might draft him as a tackle and convert him to a guard if it doesn't work out. a Tackle. I think if may go ahead of a, a more pure guard because Garnett is never going to kick outside. If can essentially play three spots whereas Garnett could only potentially play two if you see what I mean so both guard spots or um, you know can he play tackle I think a could probably play tackle defensively I-, I like Noah Spence and he may fall out the first round because of the off the field issues at Ohio State so he had a legitimate drug problem a properly admitted problem with ecstasy Ties into something I talked about with one of the Ohio State players earlier on, but we won't go there. There's, there's a um,
0: fascinating series, just to say, uh, a show called Draft Season, which Sports, right. Sports Illustrated have been doing. They've only done four episodes of it, um, but they focused each on an individual player. The pa- players they focused on were Noah Spence, Javon Hargrave, Trev- uh, Trevon Boykin, yeah. and Christian Hackenberg. And they're little half-an-hour-long documentaries on each of them, interviewing the player themselves, the people around. And I have to say, Noah Spence hearing from him, hearing from the people around, hearing how much he's been tested since his move to the smaller school, uh, it just makes me think, okay, those red flags are there, he has a history, but if you can get a guy who's as talented as it sounds like he could be in the second round, even in the third round he's definitely turned his life around I think Uh, yeah, it sounds like he's already there and uh, maybe I've been won over because I've listened to this kid talk but yeah, yeah, I was really impressed
2: Um, Kenny Clark, a defensive tackle at UCLA, is a kid who's going to go in the second round and I think he's a really, really good player, can add some pass rush it it will absolutely beast you at the point of attack, nobody's going to run on Kenny Clark I think as a defensive tackle, I think I really like him, you talked about Javon Hargrave Chris Jones is a kid at Mississippi State who could literally go anywhere between 12 and 50. I mean, he's all over the board. There are some off the field issues, but uh, and you know, he's a bit like Robert Kendichi in a way, in that you're not 100% sure how much he wants it. But you know, if you can get him switched on, Malik Collins at Nebraska is another one. And there's a kid at uh, a kid at um, Maryland, Quentin Jefferson, really good defensive tackle prospect who I think probably second, maybe even third rounder, really good value pick there. Um, I reckon Simon will take a breath at some point. <gasps> <laughs> Linebackers Camille Correa, Correa of Boise State is a good player. Reggie Ragland should go in the first round. It's probably three down linebacker who I really like. Dion Jones at LSU is a. Uh, here we go. Uh, he's a poor man's Levante David. He is all over the place in terms of physical and uh, speed ability. I mean, I think he's about six foot three, but he runs a four thirty eight forty. He is a really really good player who's going to be. You know, who's going to make a significant contribution fairly early on as a linebacker? Joe Schobert at Wisconsin is kind of meat and potatoes linebacker. Well, is a good player. Who else do I like? Not mention um, Jalen Smith, of course. Who... No, I was going to talk about Jalen Smith. I mean, you know, phenomenal talent. I don't think he was as good as Miles Jack. He's a bit more of a freelancer than Jack. He would have been a top 10 pick without question. Weak, so pure weak side linebacker, sort of read and react weak side linebacker.
0: For, for my money, if there's a team who uh one of these teams who are at the top end of the first round uh, who are there in a luxury fashion the cowboys of the world the ravens of the world right the eagles don't have a second round pick anymore but those teams who we think aren't four win teams and just were last year for injury etc if they can then go and spend their second round pick on someone like this and then sit them for a year and next year they come back at 90 percent of what we expected yeah then they've basically gone and bought themselves an extra first rounder for next year. Absolutely,
2: absolutely. You know, I feel feel incredibly sorry for him because for that to happen, but nerve injuries are so, you know, who knows. I mean, you know, you look at some of the video he's putting up on Twitter and on Facebook, and, you know, he's working out at a decent level, at a decent speed. So, you know, you keep your fingers crossed for a guy like that because he's a good, clean kid and, you know, fingers crossed. Defensive backs have studied a lot of corners this year because the Dolphins, you know, desperate for <laughs> cornerbacks. So, you know, I don't see a lot of prospects I like. There are there are two. Uh, Sean Davis of Maryland is a decent player. University of Miami have got a corner called Artie Burns, who all the Miami lot think is amazing. He is a really, really average corner. Oh, there's some really there's some talk corner. about him creeping into the bottom oh, of the first God, Artie Burns from people who clearly have not seen him play. You know, he is that he is that ideal size, speed, weight. You know. Prospect. He but in looks terms the of part. Actually, understanding how to play the cornerback position, no, just no. <laughs> Amazing. My, my, arguably my favorite player in terms of that second round is the guy I've, I've mentioned a few times. Notre Dame cornerback Kivari Russell, size about six foot one ninety. He was now he sat out two years ago because of an ap- academic issue, and then he broke his leg at the back end of last year. You watch him play Ohio State this year, and then against Purdue. But you watch the Ohio State game, uh, not Ohio State? You watch the USC game this past season. It is the best pure one-off game of a cornerback in terms of tape in a one one game that I've seen all year in terms of just understanding the position, in terms of hips, in terms of footwork, in terms of hand usage, in terms of being able to sit and trail. So i.e. trail technique is where you just sit in behind the receiver on long routes and you're comfortable not running side by side with him, but you're comfortable enough knowing that you are can stay a yard, a yard and a half behind him, looking back for the ball, following him wherever he goes. It's those sorts of things. He's got deep speed. He will come up and absolutely rock you in the run game. And because he hasn't played so much football over the past two years, that's why he's probably a second or a third round prospect. Simon, you told day. us you had 12 very minutes. I
0: thought we'd talk to you for maybe another two. <laughs> and you've <laughs> managed sorry. to fill all 12 of those minutes single-handedly. That was very impressive. There you go. The I reason, think- I, the reason I, I mentioned Javon Hargrave a couple of times was I just wanted to quickly tell it just the high school parts of his story yeah absolutely it's a great story it is phenomenal that he's a guy who was uh, uh, being prospected he had uh not offers in but he had heavy interest from some top level ncaa schools and he needed to get a certain grade point average to be able to reach their minimum level uh, he got to his final test of the year which was zoology he needed 85% on it and he got 84.33% and they didn't let him sneak in so he had to go to South Carolina State and he's just been ridiculously dominant there I watched a game the other day after listening to it where he got six sacks in a game yeah, against their biggest Kirkman, yeah. rivals Uh 44-
2: 45 and a half tackles for a loss in two seasons i mean that is <laughs> filth
0: and i understand it's at a smaller school but if he can translate that in any way to a higher level it could be hugely dominant so that i just that i wanted to retell that story having heard it the other day because it was stunning look simon i am i imagine that matt's gone for a little snooze but <laughs> uh Doing simon that dull. <laughs> Matt, thank you very much simon we will catch up with you much sooner than this Simon, let me repeat this one more time. You are welcome on any time.
3: Yeah, yeah. Are we going to try and do, uh, the three of us, the, the, the post-round one podcast again?
0: I am more than happy to do that. If you guys are available, I will do whatever you can do. I am...
2: Yeah, it's, it's Bank Holiday Friday, though, isn't it, on Friday? So I'll, there may be an issue, but I'm sure we'll sort something out.
0: We can do phone, we can do Skype, we can do whatever works for you. We'll do whatever. I am going to miss the first... 12 or so picks. Oof! Yeah. Because I'm a idiot. You are. I got Why? the week wrong of the draft. What a clown. Yeah. So what so, are you going to be doing? Watching the new Marvel film at the cinema.
2: Oh, you bellend. Yeah, it's, I know. Yeah, but you're
0: yeah, it's, are, uh, it is an disgrace. embarrassment. I, mean, I, wouldn't, if, I wouldn't even have admitted it if I didn't know that I needed to take my You need chops. to
2: leave that into the podcast. Bro. It's you're a comp- an it's, absolute disgrace. It's
0: completely accepted. Ollie's going to be there with me as well. That's the worst you're part. You're both disgraced. So you two need to be running the Twitter, and somebody needs to text me what the 49ers do. Planned. Okay.
3: Uh, I'll, be, I'll, I'll run all that. That's fine. <laughs> right. Simon, so if you want to be up, we'll, uh, we'll get you writing some profiles. I'll okay. fix them, out if that's all right. No worries.
2: Great stuff. See uh, you later. thanks Simon. See bye you later, bye
3: well there you
0: go some interesting stuff in there all that quarterback chat particularly strong i know you've heard a lot about the quarterbacks but it's good to get into the hackenberg stuff as well clancy's thoughts on that hackenberg's going in the top 10 no 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 we basically we're talking about the quarterbacks in the top two picks okay we just ended up getting into the top six or seven quarterbacks and picking them all off oh yeah
1: i remember uh, yes i have listened to
0: this. (laughs) so otherwise uh thank you very much for listening don't forget keep going online and checking out the tour SportsTravelTools.com. Ollie is giving me a look and some raised shoulders. And any
1: other business? Have you got any anything else you want to talk about?
0: Yeah, that's why I always ask you at the end. Yeah, Ollie, no, is the there anything? Way. Is there anything else you want to talk about?
1: Yeah. So there's a guy that works here who's not the brightest spark in the box. When you say works, right? Talk sport uh, one or two. Two. Okay. And I left my charger. Uh, my iPhone charger here, somewhere here, when I was last in on Saturday. I left it here, I emailed this 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 fella and said, have you seen it? And he said, oh no, I haven't seen it. Looking around, can't find it. Fine, thought I'd lost it. Came in yesterday, it was just sat there on the desk. And I said, this is my charger. And he went, oh yeah, that's been lying around for a couple of days. Stunning. I mean...
0: Absolutely you stunning. You couldn't
1: make
0: it up. He's an idiot.
1: I mean, what? Just... I almost bought a new a new charger. Right.
0: If it's the same person I think you're talking about... <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I was going to bleep out his name, but that's fine. Oh, right. If you're going to keep saying it. No, just bleep out <laughs> again. If it's the same person... Th- <laughs> <laughs> if it's the same person I think you're talking about... Last night, he went out at about 1am to go... He goes for a little wander. He takes like a break in the middle of his shift and goes out for a little wander, and I'm left in charge. Probably stupid, that. Um... He went for a little wander, goes out to get some fresh air, goes down to Tesco's or Sainsbury's, buys himself some food and stuff. He asked me if I wanted anything. I gave him a fiver and I just said, "I want a punnet of grapes and a diet caffeinated drink." So diet coke, Pepsi Max, Coke Zero, whatever. Something Green of or that purple grapes. Uh, Here we go. So, I said I wanted red grapes or black grapes or purple grapes, something of that nature. What I didn't want was a full-fat coke. And a punnet of green
1: grapes. (laughs) He he couldn't get it more wrong.
0: (laughs) He literally turned up with a full fat coke and a punnet of green grapes. Did you slap him? Uh, No, but I wish I had. And then also, I told him to get something for himself. He didn't buy something at the shop. He bought a Yorkie bar from the vending machine here. And it gave him 20 pence of his change in pennies. And then he handed that back to me. (laughs) I had to pay in a shop today with pennies.
1: That's amazing. You know... <laughs> it was jangling around in my pocket like it was a janitor carrying keys. You know he lied to you about the pennies. Because vending machines don't hold pennies.
0: These ones here do. You can pay him pennies upstairs. Bollocks. Yeah. Totally. Upset,
1: Mate, I think you're making that up. Well, you just have to trust me. Anyway. Anyway.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Otherwise, thank you for listening to The Gridiron Show. Two more shows over the next two days. Ollie won't be joining us, but he will be joining us Friday morning whenever we do our first round review. And we'll be joined by L.A. Rams fan Adam Farkerson, as well as Simon Clancy and Matt Sherry. Literally, we're going to get Adam in, talk to him about the first pick, and then kick him out. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) Otherwise, thank you very much for listening. At Gridiron on Twitter, Sports Travel Tours, uh, at sportstraveltours.com to find out more about the tour. We love you very much. Thank you for listening.